Hello, everybody, and welcome to the next episode of Confessions of a Letting Agent. Um, today, we have a very exciting guest in, Richard Houses, who is actually um, a friend and a client of ours, but he is a very, very, um, very um, interested in investing property. Um, hello, Richard. How are you doing? Hi there. Thank you for inviting me to the, the podcast. <laughs> Thank you for coming on. I really appreciate you coming on this and, and, and we're going to talk a little bit about your journey and uh, your property and your property experience and where you're up to now, what you've you've got going on. So, um, Richard, how long have you been in property? Let, let's go right back to the start. What's, um, Gosh, what's, what's your story? Blimey, blimey. Where's it, where do we start? Um, I suppose I got into the, the journey back in um, 98, a long time ago now. Basically, I was bought my first house because I was, I've been renting for a while. You know, it's like in your 20s, rent is a bit, it's fun to start off with, but then you just get sick of it. You're sick of yeah. sharing the messy kitchen or what have you. So um, basically decided to buy my um, my own house. Um, so that was a that was a journey. I remember having absolutely nothing at all. Just having like a camp bed in the in the living room and living on that. But but the feeling of having the house yourself was pretty amazing. And then one so of was my that, was that when you were a student, sorry, Richard. Then no, that was after I'd, I'd okay. started working. Then I'd started working okay. kind of professional, as it were. Okay. And uh, what well, I remember, I I moved out and got my own house, get my own place, be on my own, and then. I think within two days of buying the house, one of my friends, one of my friends turned up with a suitcase. I mean, oh, you bought your own house. Can I, can I move in with you? And I'm like, oh, for blimey, I bought this house to get away from you lot. <laughs> so the people had moved away from followed me. So by in fact, in um, not realising at the time, I'd actually started getting into HMOs because I was renting out, it's a three-bedroom house, and I'd renting wow. out the other two rooms. And right. I didn't know I was doing HMO. And that's how I got into it. So, wow. I mean, this was back, what, in uh, late 90s. So I was probably getting roughly leads as I was getting roughly about 300 a room, something like that, including all bills. Okay. Wow, okay. So, and I was working. So no no, no kids or anything like that. So mm-hmm. I'd got like just, just, it was great. Yeah, great. <laughs> it was really. It must have been a bargain property in 1998, I think. Um, I've got a note here, your first property. Um, when you look back, it does look like that. But at the time, it was a lot of money for me because you've also got to, it's sort of the effect of inflation, really, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, Looking back now, it it probably was, but I remember maximising everything. My nan had given me some £1,000 shares and I just basically used that to maximise getting getting the mortgage and everything, really. So, uh, but I didn't knew nothing about mortgages or anything. I think I just went with one that gave me... um, it was like a three pen or something. <laughs> right, right. I just, yeah. So that's where the journey started, really. So you rented, so you rented the two rooms out. So, you, so straight away you were covering covering your mortgage. Then straight away back in nineteen ninety eight. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And then, then was your next step after this on your property? Um, well, yeah. So I was, I was doing that, and I realised that that was gonna that that was gonna be be quite good. Um, so basically, some of my friends were. Um, Buying buy to lets and flats in the in the city centre of Leeds uh, off off plan and what have you. Okay. So I thought, well, if they can do it, I can do it. 
but I'd stuck to the sort of the buy to lets. But then I thought, well, I'm already doing what I'm doing, so I'll just rent the rooms out. Obviously, the rules have changed dramatically for HMOs, and I didn't know that was what it was called HMO at the time because okay. three beds wasn't classed as a unless you had you know lots of you know five and more and the rest of it. Yeah, so I managed to get around the regulations on that. So, so I bought two more and did it as basically as a HMO on the, on the same sort of wow same basis. Okay. And obviously, during that time, as you appreciate, this is before the big big world crash mm-hmm. um the prices you they're just going up all the time you'd buy a house it'd go up five ten grand the next month you buy another one it would go up in price it just kept wow. going up so i've so literally i just kept releasing equity to buy the next one the next one the next one yeah uh, i think it got to a point once where i did start getting a bit scared thinking wow <laughs> quite a bit of money on my mortgages here yeah um so but they just kept going up in prices, really. So I think I got to about four four max at the, at the height. Wow. And at this stage, then, you were just... No one had taught you anything. You hadn't read any books Nothing. at this stage. Educate. You were just literally going on your instinct, what had happened, and you were just rolling one after the other. Not even... No, nothing. Just talked to my friends and... Yeah, nothing at all. So, yeah. Wow. Bit, very, very, very naive, to be honest with you. So... Okay. But financially going well, though. It's still successful at that early it stage. It was. It was, yeah. And then... I think I got frightened at, at one point when I um, saw how much I'd owed in mortgages. But if there was nothing to worry about, it was just, just, just myself. Yeah. Um, and I think I took a bit of a break with that. But before that, I decided to buy property in, in France. Because okay. my friends were, my friends were as you do, um, my friends were buying more stuff in Leeds. And I just thought, well... It's not that really that challenging. You can't really use a property. So I wanted something that you could use 50% yourself and 50% um, a business. Okay. So I went on uh, one of these inspection, free inspection tours in the south of France. Um, wow. That was a type where they were just chucking money at people at that time. Wow. Why so France, on, Richard? Why France? Did you have a friend that recommended France? Or did you well, just... yeah. Well, I had this really romantic dream of buying somewhere in Greece on a little on a, <laughs> a little beach and I yeah. but then I went to a um, like an exhibit at the NEC and this guy came up to me and I said oh what way you want to invest and I said oh Greece and wrote and he said are you a rich man and I was like I thought that's really rude and he said no 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 what I mean is is Greece has got a short season like summer but there's nothing else going on really in the winter you need somewhere yeah. like France or wherever and I was like why France he says well you've got the Monte Carlo you've got the Caris and you've got the Mardi Gras you've got the Victorians used to go in the winter you've got all sorts going on yeah okay so I was like all right so I went on this inspection trip and um basically this property came up um just a one bedroom uh, apartment in a really old neoclassical building um and basically long story short I bought that and I kept that all the way through the recession and in by de facto who had got into serviced accommodation without realizing it holding wow. <laughs> I just dropped into it by de- so when everyone wow. now was talking about serviced accommodation and now I'd sort of done it all but wow I think it was easier back then because regulations and things things have moved on from then it's just a different a different world yeah. <clears throat> 
So yeah, if, any, if anyone's listening, sorry, just to, just to rewind a little bit. So HMOs, if you if, if you're a new landlord or investor listening to the HMOs, like we've discussed previously on some of the podcasts, is a house in multiple occupation. So so it's abbreviations HMO, and it can be um you know it's commonly now it's it's, it's professionals uh, sharing, and it's a high cash flow um tends to be high cash flow property, and then service accommodation, which hopefully most of you'll know is where you do um you do holiday lets or professional contracting lets and uh, what Richard's saying is here if, you, if, if at the moment you go on any courses any networking with property everyone tends to be um, mad on HMOs or mad on service accommodation and Richard's obviously done these in the early days before they were even you know made a big thing of I guess in the property education world yeah yeah I- <laughs> But what, what they don't tell you with the HMOs is, yeah, you might get some fantastic cash flow coming in, mm-hmm. but your overheads are High. massive as well. Yeah. So I think if you were to look at it now, you need at least four or five bedrooms for a HMO to make uh-huh. it to make yeah. it work because you need your cleaning. And the important thing as well is I didn't realise is you need to have the same type of tenants in there you can't yeah. mix students with working uh, working tenants because the you know students may be partying or coming in late and i think for instance what well, the one in um the one in leeds uh two that i in leeds um uh, they're all lithuanian but they're okay. really good so i remember going around sometimes helping out and helping them with their relationship problems because i <laughs> if one moved out then they all moved out so but they were right. in there for like three or four years they were awesome but right. i was always it's it's high it's high um you know a lot a lot of your time as well yeah and then with the holiday lets um that is yeah really good cash flow coming in um we used to get nearly 90 percent occupancy for france used uh and we didn't use airbnb we fell out with airbnb but that seems to be the main we used like home um other other advertising sites for that um but you've got your cleaning, you've got your repairs, you've got your mm-hmm. advertising. So your costs are very high as well. Yeah, yeah. So you just have to weigh that up really, I yeah. guess. So No, no, no. Agreed, agreed. And I think one of the things I've learned certainly in the recent years and, and a lot of them um, is just know your numbers, especially with HMOs and service accommodation. Mm. You know, you know, make sure you have the spreadsheet, make sure you have your numbers in there. And like as Richard says, like there can be a lot of costs that come with it that I don't always think some people um, realize a mistake I've seen before is um, you know investors landlords doing a three bedroom HMO it doesn't really work because if you have one room empty like you say the costs yeah. are involved and you're, you're just at break even point if not under so, so there is a lot of things to consider um, so going through so you, had, so you had your service accommodation in France and then um, and then what was after that 2013 Red Robin House was your next project what was, what was yeah, that yeah yeah <laughs> Basically, I uh, I moved up to the northeast. Um, I got offered, obviously, during all this, I've got a day job, so this is just <laughs> one part of my life, as it were. Right. But an, an interesting, an interesting hobby, but it's turned into right. something much more, you know, um, bigger, I guess. Um, so I got offered a dream job to work with the MOD with the the forces wow. in. Um, right. So I moved up to. Darlington. So I was a health and safety manager for the, I know it sounds grand, but for the whole of the world, it was such an exciting job flying wow. to Northern Ireland, going to, uh, I was getting ready to go to Afghan. I've, even, I've still got the, the body armor and wow. I remember being, being given the body armor in absolutely stank of BO. So I had to oh, take it to God. Timpsons and Timpsons in, uh, in Darlington and said, 
can you can you clean can you clean this <laughs> right and they're like what so yeah it's an odd so i take the body bit body armor bits out of the metal plates um and i digress but it was a so i basically moved up to um darlington and okay. um cut long story short i but bought, bought our first house with my with my cat my, with my partner uh, okay. him yeah um it was and that's our family house so that's okay. uh, red robin house so it's a little okay. that was an household name so that's like slightly different so okay Fair there's a bit okay. of a break for a while there yeah but okay. prior okay. to that prior to that i'd sold um sold most of the properties that i had in leeds all uh, ah, right so i was gonna ask you you've sold them by this time sorry yeah okay. i'd sold them and the reason i sold them is i I went on an inspection. You know, I'd, I mentioned I bought the property in in France with the same company at the time who um, I'd bought the property from for France. Uh, I went on an inspection trip in America as well, a free trip. Wow. Okay. To, okay. Um, yeah, I've got this actually. Um, I'm going over there, but the it's very strange because there was nothing about the recession on the horizon then. But when I went to I remember being in the airport and all the papers in red saying recession, uh, toxic debt. And like, what the hell is all this about? So I was going on these inspection trips. Okay. Uh, went to see some alligators and the hover, hover, <laughs> hover. You know, that uh, when they go around the marshes and you go on the hover, like, oh, yeah. uh, boats. So I did all that. It was brilliant. Right. They really wined and dined me. Yeah. But then towards then it got a bit, they got a bit pressurized trying to get me to buy stuff. And then right. I kept hearing on the American news about what's this about? So I looked into it while I was there. Yeah. And based on that, I thought I'm not going to buy in America. Um, so I came okay. back to the UK and there were just whispers of this recession. So I saw how much I owed on paper and then maybe I panicked a little bit and started to sell just before the crash. And it right. happened. So I sold them before the crash. But if I'd been educated, I should have held on to them, really, because I kicked. That was my next out. question. Yeah, that was my I wish quick I'd next hold, question. Held on to them. However, wow. However, um, I put that money into France as well, so I kept France going along because that was more of a um, a business. It was like fifty percent investment and fifty percent personal use. I was using it myself as well for holidays, okay. so free okay. holidays, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. In the south of France and the Nice, yeah. so uh, you know, wow. okay. So, so, so the service accommodation then that was successful. You would say from up at yeah the the, the front the front yes. property was was successful investment. Yeah, I had to really make it work. I did it all myself. I didn't trust okay. anyone else doing the service accommodation, so I was very hands on. And I think if I were to expand that, I think you would need to get someone who was very like minded to look after that for you because your okay. occupancy drops if yeah. you get other people to do it. I think so. Yeah. Yes. Fair enough. And then, um, and then at some point you decided to start reading some property books. Talk us, talk us your mindset around that and how that started. Yeah, this was a bit of a, I don't know what you want to call it, um, a light bulb moment or, I don't know, I've got a very young family now and I just, I just thought to myself, I need, to, I can't just be working for the rest of my life. Well, you know, we, we can, but I need to do more. I've got a young family. I want more for them. Um... I want to be an inspiration for them to a certain extent. Wow. I don't be yeah. working all the time. So I just start, well, before just going back to that, before that I'd gone traveling and okay. I'd read Richard Ranson's uh, book and that gave me sort of inspiration, sort of business and property. So, but that, that was, okay. that's going back 2000. So I start, I read, well, actually rest, read, listened to the audio book, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah. Um, I don't yeah. remember his name. <laughs> um, you have to pronounce it. I can't remember his name now. The, the author, Kazaki, anyway. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. the way. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And that was really changed my thought process. 
Yeah. Um, for any landlords out there, I would truly just listen. I mean, you'd take it with a pinch of salt, some of it, but it's more the thought process. It changes the way you think about things. Some of it's a little bit, mm, you know, but others is, is really, really good. So it makes you think about whether there is real dads or not. It's got a rich dad, obviously, who's his friend's dad. And then the poor dad is his own dad, but his dad is actually not poor. Um, he's actually very well educated, but being yeah. very well educated doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be, um, you know, have full of resource because you're, you're taught at school to get a job, do this, do that. Yeah. But the rich dad says, yes, do that. But there's more to it than just that. You need to think yeah. differently. And that sort of blew my mind, especially on the Audible, because it's easy to listen when you're driving around and mm-hmm. whatever with the kids and stuff. Mm-hmm. So then I, um, someone suggested the richest man in Babylon. Yeah. I was like, what the hell is that about? <laughs> so I read that and that is like going back to ancient Babylon times about yeah. based on a real, real, real uh, ancient deceased civilization and sort of certain concepts in that is really amazing as well. Absolutely, yeah. And I've that sort of well. bloom, yeah. Blew, and then um, something everyone probably thinks, what the hell is it it's called? The, the Secret? Yeah. I don't know if uh, many people... I've not, have... I've, not, I've not read The Secret. I know my colleague Ollie's read it, I think mm. he always says, but uh, I've heard it's yeah, very good. Yeah, it's... Um, I would say the Audible's better because it's a bit more dram- dramatised. Okay. It's easier to, to sometimes just think with young kids and driving around, it's pretty easy to... And that's more about positive thinking, but it's more than just positive thinking. It goes back to... It's based on research as well, so it goes back to uh, Einstein uh, and various sort of important characters through history uh, about very positive thinking and the way you think as well and right. how you... If you think negatively, you're going to attract negativity, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Bad things do happen in life, but you've got to try and look at the, the silver lining as well. So, sounds Definitely. a bit tree-huggy. Uh, but, uh, no, no, that's, that's good. But uh, I'm not really into tree-hugging stuff, but that just makes you think... And though, basically, those three books, Audible, just um, blew me, and I thought, I've got to do something differently. Wow. So, hand on heart, I decided to sell France. Obviously, not okay. the of France, the apartment. Okay. <laughs> right. Um, and uh, that was really sad, because... I just thought it was lots of memories going there with the family uh, and the rest of it. And it's just an amazing place. And I might go back in the future when I'm um, older and what have you. Um, so anyway, I sold so, that. So, 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 sorry, just to talk about the, the reasons behind selling that. You just, so you've read the three books and you've thought, right, I want, I want to now, you know, go ahead and, and, and sort of, um, you know, look at more properties. And, and did you just assess it and, and calculate it and think, you know what, I need, I need to sort of off... I need to get rid of this fans property for now and concentrate on UK properties. That you sort of your thought process with selling. The yeah, fans yeah, no, no, it's good. You're a you, you're a good interviewer because I'm like <laughs> lots of things whizzing around in my head. Um, yeah, well, there's a number of things. There was Brexit on the horizon, okay, and I thought yeah. is Brexit going to affect? I had no idea COVID was coming, but that's a different story. <laughs> right. So yeah, I, I in hindsight. Some god or someone was looking after me. Yeah. Um, so basically, Brexit was on our eyes, and I remember we got the announcement. We were in Greece at the time, and I just felt like someone had died with Brexit because I okay. just n- not saying I was pro pro it or not against it. I just knew the uh, uncertainty was going to cause lots of business problems. So with Brexit, I just thought, well, is that going to affect the rental income in France? Are people going to want to go on holiday as much? Is property okay. prices going to jump drop? So I thought, hmm. And then with reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad and The Secret, I thought, well, how can I go on this journey 
continue my property journey without any uh, resource, any uh, seed money, as it were. Yeah. I mean, France is doing well, yes, yeah, so I'll keep it for forever and it would go up in price. But if the money's just there, how do I re- release it? It's very different than the mortgage market in France. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, I sold that and that provided the seed money to um, set up a company. Um, Safest Houses Lettings Limited. So I set that up basically, and that was yeah. basically seed money to. Um, and around that time as well, I um, I think I, met, I did some research. I think I, I met you through a. I was going to say we we met, I remember meeting you and you talking about oh, you in your early days. Property. Yeah, so I think it was yeah, around that time. You've come, yeah, you guys have come a long way since then. So yeah, <laughs> when I first you, yeah. met you, it's amazing yeah. your journey you, yourself. Probably a podcast all of its own. That. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, and I sort of researched a lot of um, other companies and um, you guys seem to be the most professional I could work with as well. So um, I just, yeah, so I thought that was the the people I chose. And you always go the extra mile as well, um, helping out. You know, I'll find something to say, what what do you think to this? And you go, you know, is it a Bronxy? You know, does anyone knows about the (laughs) looking at the scale of a zero to ten? Yeah. If you're going to invest, zero and one is maybe the Bronx. Now, do you want <laughs> yeah. to invest in the Bronx? Maybe not. But then the 10 on the scale is Manhattan. Do you want to invest in there? Unless you've got loads of money, you're not going to make any money. So you want somewhere in the middle. That's right. So you educated right. me on that, really, about five or six or whatever, you know. Right, so you, right. <laughs> you sort of risk rate in your portfolio. Yeah. Before you won't remember yeah. all this. But uh, okay. yeah. yeah. So, 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 um, so just so just going back then to it. So you've sold the France property. You've got the, the you've got the uh, the chunk of money. You've spoken to us at that stage, and you're like, All right, great letting agent. We're happy with these guys. And then you started looking at properties in the northeast. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm saying you are you are a good uh, letting agent. I'm not just saying that because you're you're interviewing me. You are because <laughs> I went you. to quite a few, and they just they would sell in houses as well. And okay. uh, the, it was they just just were they didn't come across as professional. and knew what they were talking about. So. Yeah. Yeah, so from sort of investing quite far afield, sort of so many thousand miles away from France. Yeah. And um, I've been on a few property courses by by then as well and listened to a lot of podcasts. I got into podcasts then. Okay. It's a great, great free resource as well, is all okay. the podcasts. Um, is the same, your doorstep is your gold mine. Everyone yeah. keeps talking about gold mines, go to London far afield or peterborough or wherever but your actual gold mines on your doorstep and the reason for that is because you know it you live there i mean i i've not been up in darlington that long um well i probably have now about eight years but i talk to my friends and they say oh what's this area like and they say oh i won't touch that with a barge pole yeah. or but sometimes I take that with a pinch of salt because they're they're not property investors yeah. Just because it's a, they think it's dodgy, it's not necessarily not a good place to rent out. It's maybe a four or a five in in, in my eyes. Yeah. So I started educating myself on the areas. Um, I mean, I knew Lee's. I know Lee's like the back of my hand, so I I would say um, Leeds my gold mine as well. Yes. Okay. Prices are going up, so it, it, you need Absolutely. more resources to get in. There. Leeds is booming, isn't it? Leeds and Manchester yeah. are booming. Massive, yeah. massive. Um, but then. Um, Darlington's, I say, is affordable. Yeah. Say, and your, your yields and your return on investments. I mean, I've only just been educating myself about the finance side of things because my, if anyone who knows me is I'm absolutely rubbish at maths. And I know okay. that's a bad oxymoron for someone who's in property, <laughs> but I have spreadsheets on spreadsheets and I'll let them do the calculations for me. 
That's the so, right thing to do. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm st- finding I, my strategy was looking at the three bedroom properties, but yes. they seem to be getting snapped up now as well. So, um, yeah. yeah, so Darlington on your doorstep, really. Yeah, so, yeah. I, mean, I, I would agree with you there. You know, one thing, one absolute key yeah, tip you've just said, and it is a massive tip, is buying the place you know, like you, you, people get pulled, like you said, all over the world, all over the. Uh, another book just started in there. I know, I know Richard's mentioned uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad which I've read is absolutely brilliant and Richest Man in Babylon, again, fantastic. But another book which is great, I don't know if you've read it, Richard, is um, No Money Down, Kevin McDonald off Progressive Property. Yeah, yeah. And, yes, um, I have actually. His story at the start is, you know, how somebody uh, told him that investing in, uh, was it Romania? Or was it, oh, um, yeah, the mafia got involved, didn't they? Yeah, and, 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 and it is a bit like that sometimes in the early days. You do get pulled, but absolutely great tip there is you buy in an area you know, in, in the streets you know, and then you're going off your own knowledge. Absolutely key that. I think that's brilliant. Um, but yeah, sorry, so going back to... Um, so so then you started buying a few properties in Darlington. You've gone for the three bedrooms, and um, yeah, we, we started letting them and then started going well. And, and then there's little things you've done. I think you might have learned these off the property courses, um, where you did little t- tips like naming the properties, which I think is fantastic. What what's what's yeah, that all about? Again, I fell in. I always do this. I sort of fall into something and do it back to front rather than learning about something and then doing it. So um, with that, with um, the house that we had in um, that I have in Leeds, still have that. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, it was called it was called the Swings. Okay. And, and the street was called Playground. Nothing to do with me. The name, the street is called Playground. And also, it used to be a school but back yeah. in, the, whatever, whatever it was back in the day. Old cottages. And um, people were photographers who had bought the house off and they'd called it the Swings. Right. So I just kept the name the same. So I'd, when I was applying for jobs when I was younger, um, young professional, it always stood out to people, said, you live at the swings playground what what's this is it's a real address yeah so and i was like oh okay so when i bought the other houses in in leeds i'd thought well you don't want to be a number who was interested about yeah. 11 11 smith street or well it's just boring it's boring. it doesn't stand out in an advert so yeah. it wasn't right movers do then we had to like uh doing the classified ads and things like that so i and then it went onto the internet so I'd give them like names like over flowers or something that was a bit more inspirational. So I yeah. stuck the flowers for a safe bet. Um, and I just continued that journey really. But then it was my missus. It was Kim. I said, why are you doing that? It's, 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 you know, it's crazy. Why are you giving them names as well? It's not just a, it's more, it, it sets it out from everyone else. So I thought, do you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to back this, see for some, is there some evidence based to this? Cause I've got to look at evidence and stuff. So, I was quite shocked to find that literally naming a house Makes a difference. Um, can add literally thousands, yeah. thousands to, to properties. You're right. um, and you do, it's no legal thing. You can just call it whatever you want. If you want yeah. to change it officially through, you have to go through land registry and do post. Uh, you don't even need to do that. You can call it what you want as long as you've got the, 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 the proper address on the name. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but on the flip side, interestingly, there's, there's names. Um, like I thought Bluebell sounds quite nice, Bluebell House. When I looked it up, it actually can knock a couple of thousand off your house. Statistically, looking across the broad, I mean, obviously you've got right. to take this with a bit of a pinch of salt. Yeah. So um, they looked at a broad base. If you just Google it, it comes up, you know, you can find it. 
Um, and I was actually quite shocked. So I've tried to stick to the the higher performer ones, but at the same time putting your own little uh, stamp on it. I love that. Um, I really, really love that. Absolutely agree. I think naming properties adds value, and and yours do stand out absolutely. I mean, I'll just you know it, you know just I wanted to talk about this. You know, Richard is um, a fantastic landlord because what makes our life easy as a letting agent is when a landlord um, renovates the property to a very good high standard because it means when we start doing viewings and letting and doing marketing photos, we get a good tenant very quickly and it just makes our life so much easier. And Richard, you could, what from your point of view, what, the importance of doing them to a, high, to a nice standard from your point is absolute key, isn't it? Yeah. Absolute key, yeah. And I'm not talking about the uh, what what I try to do is because I've got a very young family, I'm very time poor, mm-hmm. so I try to look for properties that don't need too much work. My yeah. my favourite favourite is people who are living in it already, um, they're looking to sell or wh- whatever they're doing, but they've looked after it really well. So it's got a nice kitchen in, nice bathroom, they've kept it clean. There's a bit of work to be done, a bit of painting, a bit of few repairs, you know, your legal stuff, your electrics, well, whatever that may be, yeah. that's fine. But at this stage of my life, um, I'm not into full refurbs. I'd probably yeah. like to do that in the future and maybe okay. get into HMOs again. Yeah. But needs more time and with a young family you know it's like ben i just yeah. just 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 can't do it that's so no, that, that, that it's really important and photos are key mm-hmm. uh, it's Absolutely. amazing how many not with through my property box i haven't say is if you look at photos online of other uh, agencies the photos are naff they've been taken with a really dodgy phone they're dark there's no lights on there's no staging uh, always get the people who are um selling the house ask them politely can we use your yeah. you know can we use your stuff to move it around to stage it because yes. it people can see things sometimes people are a bit shallow they can't imagine their own things in a room that's just bare yeah so it's um, yeah so it's important i've got a photographer actually who's a, is a good dear friend of mine now right and uh, i always wind him up because i says oh can you can you go when it's sunny and it looks better and he goes richard i'm not god i can't i can't <laughs> so he just fall out with says well can we go, can you look, check the forecast where it's going to be sunny? Because I want light coming in to look spacious and airy <laughs> and inviting. And goes, oh, we'll get some lights in for you. <laughs> right. <laughs> so uh, I think you might have just answered my next question there. So your strategy moving forward now, you're time poor. So you're just going to, um, you're going to continue with the single lets for now. And you may, your next strategy may be looking at HMOs in the near future. Yeah, yeah. I've, um, I think when I started this journey with yourself, I was convinced about looking for uh, buy-to-lets. Each council is very different on HMO, housing and multiple occupation aspect. There's different rules for different authorities as well. So you're planning, you're planning the hardest um, bugbear, I would say, because I I, I am aware of HMO regulation because I used to be a, environmental health officer for my sins. So I do know about uh, housing regs and the rest of it. Okay. Um, Darlington, I believe there is a shortage in Darlington because if you go on um, share room, there's more people yeah. looking than there is available. That's right. You've got to find a big house and you've got to get a lot of money down to get that up to stack. So I'm not there yet. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to just continue with the free beds. Okay. Uh, more recently, though, I've because free beds seem to be going good. Free beds seem to be going at affordable Absolutely. prices. Is I'm looking more at the two bed, two bed apartments because the yields seem to be quite good for instance the return on investments around 
sort of 13 13 percent so it's yeah. not it's not not too bad i mean you've got to be careful with the the ground rents and the leases and things mm-hmm. and i yeah. know there's some legislation coming in which will maybe change that in a couple of years to make things more attractive yeah um so that's going to continue with that strategy and uh, my next sort of thing is to look at look into jv partners partnerships okay. see how that yeah. works yeah. um yeah. and educate myself around that really that's my next my next stage fantastic and um sorry just touch on the education there so so if it, what would what would your advice be richard um to your younger self or to a to a to a new landlord or someone that's interested in property what would your advice be to them Ooh, that's really Surround, surrounding there. education yeah you know. yeah what i would suggest is i i'll go back when i wanted to go traveling i always talked about it to my friends what i did and then someone someone had gone travelers why are you talking about it just do it and i think they got that from the nike advert at the time just just literally just do it what do you mean yeah. just do it go and go and book a ticket go and yeah whatever so i basically rented my house out when i that enabled me to go traveling back when i lived in leeds so mm-hmm. that that paid for me to go traveling so i'd say just do it just do it basically um uh, education wise i'd listen to a lot of podcasts there's yeah. a lot of free material out there there's something around called the con entrepreneurial at the moment there's a lot okay. of um don't know if you've heard of that basically he's a guy who's got lots yeah. of millions and millions of pounds he's going on all these courses uh, but the expensive courses yeah. courses there's quite a few um people out there making a lot of money out of trainings at the moment mm-hmm. so you've really got to be really careful where you go in for instance i went on a uh i went on a course it was very very interesting i learned a lot it's very intensive um can't say what course that is um but they did there was a there was a lot of pressure to go on the other courses okay. and to go on their mastermind, etc., whatever. Mm-hmm. And you're talking, they were encouraging you to contact your credit companies, up your limits, uh, which was an interesting exercise because I've learned, did learn from that. But yes. then from that, they were trying to get you to sign up to 20 grand, 30 grand courses. Okay. So, but in my head, I was thinking, well, I could probably buy a buy to let with that and get yeah. the re- get some money back. So, and there's a lot of uh, pressure in the room. So there is some costs out there where you just got to be very careful and mindful okay. of that. But you've just there is some good ones out there as well. So, you know, I'm not saying don't do courses, but just be very very careful and cautious. There's a lot just, of free stuff. And just do your research, as you say. Yes. Just do your research, yeah. and yeah, that's good. And then. Um, yeah, and obviously the books, we've already talked about the books, but yeah, I would definitely agree with Richard. The, the three books uh, he's recommended, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Richest um, Man in Babylon, and The Secret. I've not read The Secret yet. And then I would just add on to there, yeah, No Money Down. Um, mm. Kevin McDonald is, an, is another good one there. Um, so just a couple more questions to wrap this up. So where, where's your property journey going to be, Richard? Where would you like to be in five, ten years? Are you property full-time? Is that your strategy or, or what, what, what you think? Yeah, you I'd to? like to do... Um, I mean, there's a difference between being a landlord and being an investor. I Absolutely. don't necessarily want to be a landlord. You guys are there for that for me. We are excellent <laughs> management team looking after stuff. So I'd like to grow the portfolio to be... so, And then eventually... I, I do enjoy... I do enjoy what I do as my day job, but I think eventually I'd like to just have more more time um for my family i also like to set up a, a charity in the future as wow, well amazing, amazing so without um 
It's full-time job, and I think you can't, can't possibly do that, you know, so... Yeah, yeah. And property does give you the opportunity, Taz, you do what do what you want to do in the future, leave your job, set up a charity, give yourself more time, and, and you're right, property has, has that, you know, fantastic ability to do that for people, and, and you hear so Definitely. many, like, success stories and that, and it is... It's fantastic. Definitely. I do apologise um, if you can hear my dog barking in the background. He's an 18-week-old <laughs> puppy and he's going mental. So I do apologise if you can hear that. No, no, that's fine. And um, so just, uh, Richard, you've been a landlord obviously for, for a lot of years. And, and this is I'm going to put you on the spot here. Um, um, can I have a, maybe one or two funny stories? Because we always like to have a bit of a, of a joke on this podcast and a laugh. We don't like it too too serious. And you must have seen some funny things over the years. Um, have you got a couple uh, you could share with just to, just so people know it's not always uh, <laughs> it's not always straightforward. Gosh, um, oh wow! Um, oh, the first the, fir- the first one that comes to mind is when I had my little HMO in uh, in Leeds. Is I like to do the property inspections myself because I got to meet the, the tenants, make sure they're okay, yeah. not falling out with the girlfriends or whatever. So I remember turning up um, to do my um, audit and um, basically said, oh, come in, clear a voice. So the door was open. I went in, I was walking, the guy well, he was upstairs standing like rooted to the spot. So I just did my went around the bathrooms, doing the news, went to base and checked it all. And he still hadn't moved. And I was like, can, can you move? I just I need to, so he did a nice guy, he moved. And under his foot was a carpet stain. So oh, God. tried to, I did with his foot. Oh, dear. I had Classic. to laugh and said, "Why well, just be honest? We just get some carpet guy to oh, clean dear. that." Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so it was just funny. It was funny that. Um, but one that's a little bit embarrassing, actually. I was a bit um, wet behind the ears when I first started doing it. So basically, I was doing a property inspection. Um, looking as a young couple, uh, looking around. And they knew I was coming. They knew everything that was coming. So obviously it's a podcast, so I've got to keep it clean. Is I um, went into the bedroom of, um, and they're like, let's just say there was some bedroom toys on the bed. So oh, uh, I yeah. think it was a bit oh. embarrassing for, for us. <laughs> Oh, oh dear me! Yeah, that's happened to us before. Yeah, that is an awkward, awkward moment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but they know you're coming, so it's like to do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I suppose, so as the last two that come to my mind is when I used to be an environmental health officer, I was training to be uh, like um, a housing officer, but for mm-hmm. environmental health. And um, there's been a complaint about noise, so we went along basically, and we knocked on the door. Um, wet, bit wet behind the ears. The guy, the guy, the lady, not answered the door, and the smell of ammonia hits you. Like, All right. What, what is All that? Right. So we went inside, and then the guy who's training me said, "Oh, put your your put your socks. Sorry, put your socks in your you know, your trousers in your socks." <laughs> the floor was literally moving because there's maggots. And, oh God! Uh, it's disgusting. There's oh. a load of dogs downstairs, and there was cats upstairs. We went upstairs to get away from the dogs. There was vicious cats upstairs. Oh my! So I've got loads man. of VHO stories, but what boy with it? And then the I guess the last one was again. I just started to be an EHO. My first job on my own. There'd been um, there'd been a complaint about noise, so. I used to investigate noise complaints. So I went to the right. house. No one answered. I rang back <laughs> to the office. I said, "What's the what? What's been the what's what? What's the what's the problem?" Uh, and they said, "Oh, well, because it's a podcast again." Is is um, 
uh, let's just say noisy bedroom activities. I'm like, right. oh, you winding me up. And they weren't, they were being serious. <laughs> but legally, you have to leave a card to say why you'd left. And I was like, what do I write on this card? Oh, so no. I had to write on the card, um, please can you contact the office uh, due to uh, noisy bedroom activities? So I had to put that through the the, the dot and oh, um, no. never heard from them, literally. And oh, the complaint was sorted, but I just remember thinking, <laughs> very, very uncomfortable. Oh, and goodness me. That was a rented me. property, yeah. Yeah, so. yeah. There's, there's never a dull, dull moment, that, that is for sure. No. no. Um, well, yeah, well, I just want to say thank you, Richard. Thanks for your time today. I've really enjoyed this. I'm sure the listeners have really enjoyed this story as well. Thank you. And um, thank, thank you again. And... Um, Thanks for listening, everybody. Join us again on our next podcast in two weeks. And please, if you're enjoying these podcasts, please can you leave us um, our five-star review? Uh, I really appreciate that. Okay, thanks very much. Thanks very much. Bye.